Do you want to build a 100 crore company? If yes, then today's guest on Entrepreneur Talks, who is a founder of Dr. Vaidya's, Arjun Vaidya, will tell you how to do it. In this episode, we talked about how to build your business in the first year, things you should avoid and things which are important for you in the first year of your business, how to scale your business and many more things about entrepreneurship. Watch this episode till the end to build your own 100 crore company. Hello Arjun. Thank you, you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so like, how was your one last year, particularly that lockdown period for you? Yeah, so I think uh, for us, the lockdown period was very emotionally and mentally taxing, but exceptional for the business as well, right? So there's two sort of different things playing together. It was the best year for the business, but also the toughest year for the business. Not in terms of sales, in terms of growth, in terms of number of customers, but in terms of operations and managing it, right? So, mm. look, I think everybody was confused, shocked and going through something they've never gone through before in March of 2020, mm. right? Mm. We were in the office, I remember, when we saw the news of the lockdown being announced, etc. all of that. That day, we had 11,000 orders to pack. Mm. Our team stayed till 5 a.m. the next morning packing the orders and left. And then I went to the office at 9-10 a.m., called all the courier guys and said, whatever these 11,000 orders are, take them because we don't know whether we'll be able to dispatch orders for some time. When lockdown came, mm. the day, the last day we were in the office, right? the last day everyone was together in the office, uh, I remember telling my team, I don't know what's going to happen ahead, but I do know that it'll be really important for all of us to stay working through this period because we are in the medicine business, we are in the Ayurveda business and people will need their medicine through this time. And that's what eventually ended up happening, right? Like mm. uh, the government talked about the importance of Ayurveda, the importance of Chavan Prash, boosting your immunity, Kadha, etc. all of that. And we were at the forefront of this, right? So I remember even being on a session with Shri, um, Shripad Nayak, Piyush Goyalji and them telling us as the Ayurveda industry, please stay open during this time because we as a country need to be open during this time, mm. right? So, first part of lockdown, I would say April to June of 2020, toughest period because there was huge amount of fear towards going out, towards working, mm. towards being in a workspace. So, a warehouse team of 25 people came down to six people, of which three were my wife, my brother and me in the warehouse mm. packing orders. But we knew we had no other option, right? If there were mm. so many customers wanting their medicine, so many patients wanting their medicine, it was our job to do it. So the first few sort of months of lockdown were going to the warehouse, unloading the tempo that came from our factory in Silvasa, unloading 750 kilos, taking out the boxes, unpacking those boxes, packing orders and packing five to 10,000 orders every day. After June, I think things started to open up a little bit and, and things started to open up slowly and, and we got a few more people um, into the office, into the warehouse and then we had some really unique product launches, really apt product launches at the time, right? So we launched a fruit and veggie wash, one of the first few brands to launch that. We launched an Ayurvedic sanitizer, we launched immunity boosters, we launched Kadha. So we were at the center of what was happening, right? And, mm. and doing that at the right time and providing the right products for consumers, that allowed us to really propel ourselves from market leader to way ahead of competition. 
and then eventually you know the story i think the business grew nicely and uh-huh. in december rp sanjeev goenka group made an offer to acquire the business we thought the offer was fair and we took the offer and in march officially exited the business and hand over to them so i think amazing period for the business but also very tough emotionally physically and mentally right so like uh, as you mentioned it was the toughest period and not for you like for everyone it was the toughest period to face but there are some positives also so like a lot of business suffered in pandemic but what was those positive thing that happened to dr vaidyas look i think the first thing is right that we did not suffer during the pandemic operationally we suffered supply chain may have suffered but business did not suffer business grew because we were fortunate that the government came out and said ayurveda is important in this time period right and so the interest towards ayurveda increased more than it's ever increased over the last 18 months right so that was a huge change that happened for us with ayurveda the second thing was obviously once these customers came in for immunity right everyone wanted chavan prash everyone wanted kadha everyone wanted amla everyone wanted ashwagandha they started believing in ayurveda for everything else mm. so we got a huge set of customers who never believed in ayurveda they start believing in ayurveda through immunity so immunity was their gate but once we open the gate of the park we keep them in the park right and so cross selling i'm selling them other categories and making ayurveda part of their life i think these are the two biggest positives that we had i think the third one in general that everybody learned right whether it's us whether it's our parents our grandparents our friends our family all of us in india right or the globe we learned like i feel like covid right that mm-hmm. one year 18 months whatever the period is you saw all of the ups and downs and uncertainties of an entire business cycle in one year yeah. and so a lot of us learned grit and resilience like we never knew before right so and that i think is a big positive so true so like uh, can you just tell our audience how did the idea of uh, dr vaidya come to your mind sure yeah so look uh, i think uh, a lot of people think dr vaidya is a startup um, and the reality is it is a startup but but it had a lot of back story behind it right so vaidya my last name means ayurvedic doctor i come from a legacy of 150 years of ayurveda in my family my grandfather great grandfather and generation before were all ayurvedic doctors my great grandfather actually moved from morbi um in gujarat to bombay in 1923 set up a small um ayurvedic clinic uh, and in 1957 my dada graduated from college he um like like was customary at the time he studied medicine became an ayurvedic doctor joined his father and in 71 his father retired and he took on the practice okay. by the 80s and 90s my dada became one of india's most successful ayurvedic doctors he saw 300 to 350 patients a day in his clinic he had 5 12000 patients on a monthly basis trying to buy a post mm. from across india mm. and post you will imagine is the e-commerce of that time mm. uh in the late 80s my dad graduated from college and he was not a doctor he wanted to make a brand out of dr vedyas right he he said what my grandfather was doing for hundreds and thousands of patients in the clinic he wanted to take that to millions of people across india mm. and fmcg brands were just being built at that time it was the beginning ah. of fmcg in india so my dad said look we can build a brand out of it this was in which year sorry to cut you late 80s ah. so uh, they tried to work together for a year Uh, but eventually my grandfather didn't understand why he has to pay for sales marketing distribution like mm-hmm. if there are so many people coming into the clinic why does he have to pay mm-hmm. and so eventually they tried to work together for a year and it didn't work out my dad eventually went his own way and now has run a successful business in jewelry and watches mm-hmm. for the last 35 years i grew up with asthma right so i was born in 91 and i suffered from juvenile bronchitis 
I grew up with pumps, nebulizers, inhalers, steroids. I was telling you before we started that I'm a huge cricket fan. Mm. I went to play cricket at Hindu Gym Khana when I was five years old. <coughs> By the time I was seven, my grandfather moved me off the cricket field because there was too much dust on the cricket field. Mm. Um, and and so I was the only kid playing golf and squash while everyone else was playing cricket and football. Uh, when we were growing up, and and today it's different. When we were growing up, Coca Cola, Limca, Fanta, Sprite, these were like. typically what kids would have at birthday parties right i was the only kid who wasn't allowed to have it because of my asthma i did not have ice cream till i was 12 years old and the first time i went to baskin robbins my parents got me a scoop of vanilla ice cream waited till it melted and then let me have the soup because it was too cold to jack my throat and I'd start wheezing right so that was the childhood i grew up with but my grandfather said that ayurveda can cure this right and 13 14 years of treatment later by the time I was 15 and a half years old he cured me of asthma mm. I used my last pump I've not used a pump since and 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 I started playing cricket again and um, when I was 16 and a half I wrote about this on LinkedIn as well I became cricket captain of my school cricket team it wasn't the biggest team there weren't that many people who wanted to play I went to an IB school so it wasn't as serious a team but for me it was a big stepping stone in my life and ayurveda had given me this So at that time, I made a promise to my granddad that I want to do something with this legacy. That's the backstory behind why I started this company after he passed away. So, like you were doing a job before starting uh, Dr. Vaidya's, uh, you studied in uh, economics and international relations from uh, Brown University, USA. So, like when you came back to India, like what was the scenario back then? If you want to start up, particularly a D two C business. So look, I I think my experience in the U.S. actually when I went when I was seventeen and a half shaped a lot of the way I was thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to the U.S. I reached there in two thousand nine. I saw a move towards natural organic products there. I went to Whole Foods. I saw that customers were willing to pay a higher price for a natural product, right? And that that to me was very new. It's not something I'd seen in India before. Um, I then. saw yoga being repackaged right mm-hmm. with yoga mats yoga gyms yoga apparel lululemon multi billion dollar industry in the us and and to me i started thinking to myself like this is indian they've taken it from us they've repackaged and rebranded to appeal to modern consumers and it's a multi billion dollar industry in the us so why can't we do the same with ayurveda right that was a thought process um came back to india in 2013 i worked in private equity had a fund called hell capital now called hell caritin for a or 3 years and i got to spend a lot of time on the indian consumption story right? it was a mm. consumer focused fund mm. so i always see i grew up in an india which was obsessed with imported products i was gifted a japanese electronic sharpener for my 11th birthday from a store that only sold imported products right that was that was normal at that time and mm. because what was imported was good what was indian was considered substandard ha huh. that is fundamentally changed right in, by 2013 indians were happy to consume quintessentially indian brands mm. um ayurveda was undergoing a renaissance as well right so 2014 government change ministry of ayush was created patanjali revolution was happening and hundreds of thousands of consumers like you wanted ayurveda or were interested in ayurveda right so this was the 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 time we were in this was sort of what was happening and i think in this time period um unfortunately my grandfather also passed right so we had this rich legacy we had these formulations i remember that promise i made to him i'm also extremely patriotic right i wear this band of india on my hand at all times for the last 10 12 years um 
And so I just thought that it's the right time to take our family legacy of 150 years and 5,000 years of Ayurvedic science mm. and create a brand that appeals to modern consumers, that makes Ayurveda more 21st century. Mm. That's why I quit my job and, and I said, I'm going to start a company. I named it after my dada. So the company was called Dr. Vedas. And the tagline was New Age Ayurveda mm. to create the bridge between Ayurveda and you. And that was the idea behind why we did it. Right. So you had your business idea, you started working on it and you took it from zero to one. So like, but what I'm very fascinated about and excited about to know this, that how was the first three months of building Dr. Vedia look like? So I would split Dr. Vedia's into three parts, right? Okay. Year one, where we basically got everything wrong. Hmm. Year two, where we figured out our business model and we learned the business model ourselves. And year three and four where we scaled the business, right? So I think year one was the toughest because, look, I was 24 and a half years old. I was not had much experience in business. Um, nobody took me seriously as well, right? People were like, what is this 24, 25-year-old kid trying to do in an industry where there are no startup brands, there are no new brands coming yeah. for like, all the brands are like 50, 100, 200 years old or, or like really sort of solidly backed. So in all of this, what is this guy trying to figure out, right? And 2016 end, so when we started, at that time there was no online D2C, none of that, mm -hmm. right? There was only offline. So we started offline. We launched uh, HerboFit, which is Chavan Prash in a capsule, and Live It Up, which is a hangover product. And we launched offline and... Offline in Mumbai only? Offline only in Mumbai. So we had a big launch event at Taj Lands End Hotel. Okay. After that event, we signed up six distributors and they placed 10 lakh rupees worth of orders by Jan 2017 and that was like uh, amazing. I was like super excited, 10 lakh rupees and I was a private equity analyst, right? So I'm like saying 10 lakhs, 20 lakhs, 50 lakhs, one crore, five crores, like this is a great business. It's, huh. it's already happening. We had 22 sales reps on field going from store to store selling our product. Three months later, I got nine lakhs worth of this 10 lakhs of goods returned to me. Okay. What I realized then is actually this 10 lakhs was primary sales to distributor. Distributors sell to retailer, retailers send to customer. Only once customer buys, does the retailer pay the distributor who pays you. Mm. Until then you've not had a sale. Mm. And when I got this like 9 lakhs worth of stock back in uh, March of 2017, I just thought there's something horribly wrong with what I'm doing, right? Mm. Now most people would have said, nah, maybe I did something wrong, let me try it, etc. But I, I, I just thought to myself, there's too much competition. I am not good at this. Mm. And so I can't do it, right? And that was the best decision that I ever made at Dr. Venice to say, offline, there is nothing for me to create. Mm. We are going to pivot this brand online and see what happens, right? And my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she had moved from the UK. She studied there. She worked at Goldman Sachs, came back here, was in the founding team at Nika. Mm. Um, and then moved to impact investing. Um, and she was telling me this e-commerce thing is happening and I've seen it at Nike. It's here to stay, it's not just a fad. And there's no one doing Ayurveda online, so so go ahead and sort of push for it. Um, and I told her, sure, but, but you have to join. So both families said until you guys get engaged, she cannot join the business. So we got engaged and then by summer of 2017, she joined the business. We started figuring out how we're going to do online mm -hmm. and launched DrVedias.com in November 2017 with 29 products. 
so first year was actually struggle learning feeling trying everything under the sun hmm. uh, and not figuring out why we're not going right but by november 2017 one year later we had figured out what we were doing okay so like uh, as you said in your answer that first you started your business as an offline business it didn't work out then you figured out that you know online is the booming industry it was not booming at that uh-huh, time it, it so e-commerce was existing and doing uh-huh. well but digital brands d2c so nobody said d2c at that time hmm. today as i was saying i went for the ing42 event we had like 100 d2c founders that event in delhi uh if you ask me in 2017 were there any d2c founders like i would not even be able to find them right i found out a term d2c in like back in late uh, but uh, like 2020 only so people don't so i used to say digital first brand d2c was something you would say in europe and the us in mm. india nobody would talk about it mm. so uh there was no ecosystem i remember going to pitch to an investor and they said chance nahi hai there is no way a brand can get bid long it's not possible right and and i think from there to see where india has come in the last 4 years it's just amazing right so like uh this is that now here comes the risk appetite part and also because in your first year you were just uh trying everything and you know sort of failing at uh what you are doing so some things are going uh, work, working out for you some things are you know not going in your way and eventually you f- find out that we i want to take this brand into online like but what are those three biggest three learnings and challenges uh, of that particularly that initial period of you know taking that brand from online to offline so look i'll tell you um, in general what are my three key learnings as a founder uh-huh. right the first one is that however big or small your company is as an entrepreneur you have to accept the fact that you will face failure every day and you don't know how to deal with it right and when i started i just could not deal with failure i put a post on linkedin uh with a quote on failure and and and, and that embodies what a entrepreneur's journey is right? entrepreneur's journey is a walk from failure to failure but after each failure you grow with enthusiasm right and so learn from the failure it's easier said than done with grit and resilience and fight through the tough time right so that's the first thing failure comes every day but you got to fight with grit and resilience the second thing is young entrepreneurs like i was think we can do everything ourselves the reality is you can't do anything without a strong team because there are only 14 to 16 hours of work you would put in on a daily basis even if you want like even if you max yourself out right you can't work more than that so i think that's the second learning that that you can't do it alone and the third learning i speak to a lot of young founders now um in my new avatar as an investor mm. entrepreneurship is not part time mm. i have a hobby my hobby is my podcast my hobby is running my hobby is playing cricket that's my hobby but my full time cannot be part time until it grows and then it can become full time so there's a lot of people saying yeah i'm doing this on the side while my job is going on when this becomes big i'll quit my job nahi doesn't happen a hobby can be part time if you're in as an entrepreneur you have to be full time to build something scalable so it's okay to be not in right but you can't be slightly pregnant with entrepreneurship right. and everyone doesn't have to be an entrepreneur mm. if you have it in you you want to do it you can do it but you can't be half in and half out these are my three key learnings as a founder right so uh, you said this line in uh, rajmai's podcast also you can't be uh, slightly pregnant with your uh, you know your your business but here comes the thing that uh, you 
said the story in your i think you in your tiktok only that your dada was going back to gujarat my great grandfather great grandfather was going back to gujarat and there was one lady who was suffering from uh, one disease and no doctor in mumbai uh, could solve her you know disease and then your dada thought that i should give it a shot and i think i i can cure her disease from ayurveda yeah uh, so like and he thought you said you said it also ke agar nahi bhi hua to bhi wapas jana hai aur waise bhi wapas ja raha hu let me give it a shot he gave it a shot aur disease cure ho gaya and lady said that ki aap yahan pe laga ke aap apna clinic aap yahan pe chala sakte ho so that was a no risk uh, you know scenario ki aapko pata hai aapka worst outcome kya hai usme now in your case you quit a job of 30 lakh per annum which is very huge for uh, ordinary indian individual guy who want to start something on on, the, on his or her own so like risk appetite is very important in entrepreneur's journey and many people uh, uh, to take many people told me also that take calculated risk in your life but i never understood how one can take a calculated risk in in their life can you explain me like how to take a calculated risk or why like life is life is all about opportunity cost right huh. i am here spending time with you hmm. had i not been doing this podcast i have the opportunity to do something else with my time right and so everything in life is about opportunity cost every risk you take hmm. has an opportunity cost attached to it right and so basically all decision making of founders all decision making in our lives is all about opportunity cost if you get married today the other option is don't get married or mm. uh, if you are having a child today the other option is don't have a child if you're starting a business today the other option is don't have a don't start a business and continue your job right but for me at that time when i got my job i said look um, i'm 24 and a half years old my ex boss actually told me there are only two times you can start a business at 25 when you have a little bit of experience or at 50 when you have no responsibility mm. and in between it's going to be really hard for you to start a business right and so that time i said look i promise my dad i'll do something with it he's passed away there is potential in this and worst case what will happen like i'll fail right mm. but at 24 25 like if if i become hugely successful mm. that's just bonus for me i'm expected to fail right so anything better than this is great mm. again i'm saying it it sounds very easy because now i've built something out of it um and it's difficult for anyone to keep failing and, and our first year was really tough but for me at that time i said look like there is potential in this i believe in it i'm cured of it i promise my grandfather i have to do it mm. what's the worst that can happen i'll fail mm. so i think people don't have that acceptance of that that worst outcome no so i'll tell you thinking. another thing right so while i was building my business mm. i have a family business right jewelry and watches that my dad has built it's a pretty sizable business um and 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 very well known right so a lot of people would come to me during that time and say your father has such a good business why are you wasting your time doing this nothing's going to happen with this etc all of that and that's not easy right like huh. because i'm not doing well clearly huh. it's really difficult for me and and then you're coming and saying join your father's business what are you wasting your time doing all of this right i'll tell you those same people when dr vedas became a success came to me and said you're such a smart and hard working guy i always knew you'd be a success i was telling this person that he's going to make something out of it right so i think um when you take the risk right uh, mm. you will have many naysayers but huge amount of self belief is important and i think mm. for that it was not only self belief in me 
was family support as well because right. it's a tough journey right. so a lot yeah. of ups and downs the ups are amazing but the downs are you need support system mm. and i think we were fortunate that my father was an entrepreneur and i had really good family mm. support from my brother my mom uh, my wife who was in it with me my dad my grandmother who is still alive yeah amazing support yeah so like entrepreneurship is like hardest form of you know uh, getting yourself self awareness because entrepreneurship will you have to take that grind of building up building a brand building your startup and in that process you understand your own like your own strengths your weaknesses what are you good at what are you not good at and in that self self awareness comes in the very in in the hardest part like where people you know uh, in general life they you know become self aware in a very uh, like i am not i, I don't want to for lack of a better word in easy way but in entrepreneurship you have to take that grind every day you have to take risk taking is a ongoing activity in entrepreneurship you can't just stop taking risk after some point of time ki bas abhi ho gaya abhi main risk nahi lena chahta abhi main safe game khelunga to to aapka company ka growth hi band ho jayega so now uh, second story your grandfather as you said that he was treating the 350 to 1000 people were consulting him on a daily basis and uh, as peter thiel said in uh, 021 every business start with a small market and you have to dominate that small market first so if we view that from the business perspective your the your dada was dominating that small market which is people who want to take the ayurvedic uh, treatment and i don't i want to know that in your case what was that a uh, small market firstly you wanted to dominate and how you identified and selected it so i think uh, for us that small market we identified was only our website okay we said we're going to do one thing we're going to bring ayurvedic customers to our website offer them a free consultation if they want and give them products now today our website would be a big market mm-hmm. but in 2017 like it was very difficult to get customers to our own website but i said if we get customers to our own website and they're going to buy from this website sky's the limit for us and the brand trust mm-hmm. so one year we took to build that small market of taking our website from one order every 3 days to 50 orders a day by november 2018 and once we got to 50 orders a day on a single brand ayurvedic website in 2018 i said boss this is scalable 50 orders a day doesn't sound like a lot today but in 2018 50 orders a day on a single brand website was a lot so we figured that model out scale that and then said we're going to scale from here right so like for building this business model did you done any practices or did you use any tools or we learned everything on ourselves right facebook marketing google marketing website shopify what's the difference between shopify and woocommerce how does tech work what's the quickest backend what conversion all the basics of e-commerce the competition was less at that time right uh-huh. so we had one year to learn it today you don't have one year to learn but at that time we learned the basics ourselves on the job mm. so in 2019 or 20 when we were spending 1 crore 2 crores a month on our facebook spends and it wasn't going right we didn't rely on any agency to tell us why it wasn't going right we could go in the backend and see what was happening so like as an entrepreneur every entrepreneur as you said that every entrepreneur goes through very various ups and downs so like but what was your favorite failure i talked about my favorite failure already right the the one of going offline i think that was a that was a key pivotal moment because had we not failed there we wouldn't have gone online so early and had we not gone online so early we wouldn't have been able to be market leaders right 
so for me that was my favorite failure um, to be honest yeah yeah okay so like this is a fun question which i like to ask every entrepreneur which i'm like you know doing podcast with as an entrepreneur if you have to do just two things to run your business what would be those two things for you i would do just two things hmm. to run my business hmm. oh what what's an example of a thing so like uh, in uh, one podcast like one founder said that product management and hiring process if i have to do just two things in for running my business i will so i'll tell you if i had to change two things hmm. about how we did what we did hmm. right one would be i would have spent a lot more time on the brand talked to vedias um, and less time on just like operational tactical things so one is brand talked to hmm. vedias and to have spent a lot more time getting a middle management earlier so that the business was not so dependent on trishan we actually did both things hmm. but a little bit later than we should have because we didn't have the foresight of the experience right so like a uh, founding team is really important for uh, every business and if you go for an investment also they ask you who is a co-founder how they are going to contribute in the business so like how one can select the you know founding team what are the things they they should look for so look i think i'll i'll talk about co-founder right because that's a conundrum that i had in my mind while i was building my business mm. it's important but a lot of people come to me and say can you help me find a co-founder how can i help you find someone you're going to spend the next 10 years with <laughs> doesn't make sense right you can't just pick someone out of huh. so for me the person that i thought would have the same alignment of interest would be someone as part of the family because if i said hey will you come and be my co-founder but it's my family's ip so i'll keep 90% you keep only 10% it's not fair right mm-hmm. and so that's why for me it was my wife that worked and obviously we also had complementary skill set she was really good at ops at day to day i was really good at big picture um at sort of strategy brand etc all that so we had complementary skill set so i think the two things that are most important a co-founder is alignment of interest and complementary if you're both good at the same thing it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. right so having complementary skill sets so you can manage different parts of the business that's the two most important things in right. finding a co-founder and a lot of young uh, you know indian startups do this mistake that they you know choose their co-founders with the same skill sets only complementary skill sets uh, yeah and that's when the friction start after 6 months one year they realize that oh we are we have only uh, you know uh, same skill sets only uh, any other you know like co-founder ho gaya apart from that like if you want to have like cmo or your proper co-founder uh, for that for a founding team i think culture is the most important i i always believe that culture is for us it was more than talent it was a cultural fit right and we had seven philosophies at dr vedya's it was okay. honesty is our practice humbleness is our equity hard work is our strength happy to work and happier to achieve 100% and nothing less team effort is our power and customers are reason for being it was on my door at the office in every offer letter put on everybody's desk this seven philosophies we had to see in you to make you a part of the organization all the non cultural fit talent hires we made never stuck in the organization because this is how we worked as an org right, right? and so for anyone in the founding team or the senior team cultural fit is critical right so like you talked about this culture thing and i'm thinking about my my own startup the spotlight right now so we are super focusing on consistency right now so year back we were just doing you know podcast two months one one podcast shoot in two months or three months 
right now we are focusing on like we have to do four, at least four to five shoots in every month so and we uh, we are repeating these things uh, every team member is repeating this thing in every meeting and we 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 should become consistent and consistent and that's why i'm seeing the change also in them that okay they are also becoming consistency is critical right so uh, so i think uh, like I, i was telling someone about this i was she was like uh, why is consistency important and i said watch why consistency is important by following my linkedin for the next 6 months right we spoke in april and uh, she met me on saturday and she said i've seen it because you post three times a week now which you promised you would and, and you're getting the traction that that yeah. you deserve for for that i think consistency is critical right like right. if you talk to raj as well Hmm. Um, he puts out a reel every single day. Hmm. That's his moat consistency. Yes. So, like, uh, here's the thing. Like, lot of this is all around the world. Especially, we are seeing this in India also that people go after like, I want to build a perfect product. I want to, you know, before that I don't want to release it into the market. A perfect product will not be. After that, something will happen. but if you don't iterate you will not yeah and without product. talking to the customer you yes. can't iterate right yes yes and that's where like lot of you know startups fail also in india so i i want to talk about with you this like how we can build around the uh, build the culture of entrepreneurship in india like because there there is so many like job seeking is becoming uh, integral part in in our society like if you go to i am ahmedabad also people will say that कितना प्लेसमेंट मुझे मिलेगा उधर से दे आर नॉट टॉकिंग अबाउट आई वॉन्ट टू स्टार्ट दिस बिजनेस ऑफकोर्स देर आर देर आर फ्यू एक्सेप्शन ऑल्सो बट पीपल मोर 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 लाइक ऑन द पार्ट ऑफ लाइक जॉब कहाँ से मिलेगा जॉब कहाँ पर मिलेगा और कितना प्लेसमेंट मुझे मिलेगा सो लुक आई थिंक दैट्स चेंजिंग राइट फ्रॉम द टाइम आई स्टार्टेड टू टूडे आई मेड नाउ अबाउट थर्टी एंजल इन्वेस्टमेंट एज वेल द क्वालिटी ऑफ ऑन्टरप्रनोर्स द नंबर ऑफ पीपल डूइंग ऑन्टरप्रनोरशिप इज इंक्रीजिंग आई गेट लाइक Three, four pitches every single day sent on my WhatsApp. Like ten sent on my email, fifteen, twenty sent on my LinkedIn. That means something's changed, right? Mm. Something is fundamentally changed. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe it's startups valuation increasing. Maybe it's IPOs. Maybe it's the money coming in. Whatever it is, that's changed. The quality of entrepreneurs has also increased. But I think we have a long way to go. How can we foster the culture of entrepreneurship? Each of us needs to do our bit, right? So, for example, for me, I give twelve hours of my week. Thursdays one to seven and Saturdays one to seven. To anyone who wants to ask me a question or solve a problem, I give them a Calendly link. You book a slot with me. We'll talk for twenty-five minutes. Whatever you want to talk about, right? Okay. So twelve hours of every week. Think about them. I mean, I do twenty-four calls a week. Twenty-five minutes plus five minutes break. Right? Twenty-four calls a week. Hundred calls a month with prospective entrepreneurs. One thousand two hundred entrepreneurs speak to me every year. about some problem they have in me with my experience trying to help them solve mm. think about if 10 people do this that's 12000 entrepreneurs 100 people do that's 1 lakh 20000 entrepreneurs 1000 people do it's 12 lakh entrepreneurs that's mm. how we do it each of us have to put in our work to mm. foster the spirit and the culture of entrepreneurship just around us mm. family friends people we know people who reach out to us mm. that's how it starts right so like i think uh, here comes the thing about collaboration and kunal chat tweeted the Tweeted this about that creators are creating their larger audience because of collaboration. They are collaborating together, and I think we need this in uh, businesses very badly. Businesses need to collaborate instead of competing with each other. 
I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. I think uh, even with what you feel is your competition, right? Like I never felt like just because maybe this person is perceived as my competition, I won't talk to the person. I think uh, whether it's creators, whether it's people helping people, whether it's businesses talking together. Like I went to Delhi for this Ink Forty Two mix up, and I saw mixer, and I saw three women's hygiene brands, three entrepreneurs from those brands having a chat and talking about their industry and their market and and, and what's happening. And I thought that was beautiful. Mm, right. So uh, in Indian Indian startup ecosystem, what like many startup misses miss miss the point is they don't have the long term vision. कि company को कहाँ पे लेके जाना है. उनको अगर आप पूछोगे तो अभी इतना पता है. We will figure out it on the way. And they don't prepare for the long term. And in that process, they fail. Many startups fail because of that. So like, uh, have you built a long term planning? I I know you have built a, like you had that long term vision for the doctor where where you want to take. It. So I think long term vision is important. Hmm. But the hundred-day plan is as important. Have your long-term vision to scale Can the mountain. Can you elaborate this little bit more because yeah, so, this is very younger. So have a long-term vision. So think about a mountain, right? You're mm. scaling a mountain, and you know you have to get to the peak mm. of the mountain, right? Mm. But there are many ways to get to that peak. Mm. So split your journey into many smaller goals, short-term and medium-term goals that get you to different parts of the mountain because along the way. After hundred days, you may realize, hey, this road is, um, I can't go on this road because there was a a blizzard there. So I got to move and move to that road, right? Mm-hmm. So if you split the journey of ten years into multiple journeys, thirty journeys of a hundred days, that's the only way you can get there because it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen one year later. Mm-hmm. You know, ten years later or five years later, where you want to go, but one year later, what's going to happen? COVID happened, didn't happen. Digital grew, money came, didn't come. Laws changed, government changed. You don't know. Mm-hmm. But hundred days, you can build a plan that's actionable mm-hmm. and implementable. So that's my my sort of okay. thought process. So, that. like you, what you are saying is build a plan for your for your one quarter. Hundred days, exactly. Right. Uh, so, like as an entrepreneur, uh, like. As a as an entrepreneur, as a normal person, also habits play very important role in our life. Like and a routine, like, huh, routine. Huh, huh, yes, and if we do exercise regularly, we become physically fit, and in that in that process, we eat healthy and all the other changes that we gain from that. So for me, journaling has been the you know very crucial habit that helped me building the spotlight. Also, I figured I solved. so many problems because of it my mental you know stress become very less after i journal so like what was that one habit that helped you during that doctor vaidya period because as you said it was i think tough. for me look, look i think uh, i met shrijesh hmm. who was the indian hockey goalkeeper right and uh, when i met him we were talking to him and all of that and he was telling us that I worked twenty one years mm. for this one moment, and that moment was the last penalty corner that Germany got. It was actually overtime. Like like the time had already passed. Seventy minutes already passed. They got seventeen extra seconds and they got that penalty corner. And he said, "When I, like had they scored that penalty corner, the game would have gone to overtime. I had to save that penalty corner." And he said, "While that like that period of them taking the penalty corner, them prepping for the penalty corner, us waiting for them, while that happened, my." 21 years of preparation came back to me and I said 
I have prepared for 21 years to save this penalty corner to win the medal for India. I have to save the penalty corner. There's no chance I'm not going to save it, right? And eventually, we saved the penalty corner. We won our first medal in 41 years in hockey. And, and now hockey's back, right? And that's amazing because it's a national sport. For me, what my dad used to keep saying is, you'll get the chance, just be patient. So for me, it was show up every day with the same vigor and enthusiasm to work. Because one day you'll get the chance. Mm. Maybe it's one year later, maybe it's two years later, maybe it's five years later, but we will get the chance. Mm. As long as you're sure you're doing good, honest work and putting the effort, at some point you'll get that opportunity. Once you get that opportunity, it's your prerogative and your responsibility to jump on it. But showing up every day with the same vigor and enthusiasm was what I thought helped us. Right, right. So, like, what you uh, struggle with the most when you are taking key decisions? Opportunity cost. If you don't have clarity... Can you... As, uh, sorry to cut you off. Can you just explain opportunity cost? Sure. That, opportunity cost is very simple. It's the cost of the other opportunity you're letting go while you're making a specific decision. But I think as a younger entrepreneur who wasn't very... who hadn't got much success, I think mm. we have a lot of cloud when we make decisions, right? Mm. And so clarity of thought is really important. You don't... Like when, when you're young and you're early and you've not got much success, you think everything will work for you. Something will work for me, right? Mm. But with more time, um, you know what you want to do and you don't have to do everything, right? So having clarity of thought through decision making is extremely important because you will make certain decisions, you choose not to make certain decisions, you choose not to do certain things, right? Mm. If you're taking 100 decisions a day, you're not going to be good at it. It's too many decisions. Your mind is clouded, it's decision fatigue. Mm. So, Picking the right things to do and having the clarity of thought and judgment, that's what I learned through my five years. Right. Today, I say no to things. Huh. In 2016, I said yes to everything. <laughs> Friends wedding, party, this opportunity, collaboration, export inquiry, offline inquiry, distributor from Jammu wants to take my product. Subkuch, I say yes, 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 let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. Huh. Today, I don't say yes to everything. Uh, I think uh, in terms of clarity, clarity wala part, uh, I think people, you now used to uh, you know now you they can use the reverse psychology in this that what i what i don't want to do and they can figure out okay i am bad at this and now i am good at this now i have to figure out okay so, so they can clearly see that I, I am not going to get anywhere with this options no i agree with you so they can filter out if, if they have Filtration, 10 options yeah. they can filter out the five five or Absolutely. six options then they, they ended up with four now they have to iterate between those four options and they can like finally choose, uh, they can choose one option. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so like now, uh, we, like my next question is, uh, what's a daily day used to look like? Uh, used to look like while I was uh, building Dr. Vedya's? Uh, 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 crazy. Like you wake up in the morning with 30 pings, three things have broken and before you've opened your eyes, you're trying to deal with some crisis. So, as a founder, look, I, I didn't have much of a structured routine. Today, I do. But as a founder, you got to What's do what the... Now? I mean, I'm not a founder anymore, right? I'm, huh. I'm an investor. So, now I have a routine in my life. I wake up in the morning, I read for one hour, I go work out every day, and then I start my day, which I didn't have the opportunity to do while I was a founder. Right. So, like, what is that advice you want to give to like people who are in their, you know, late teens and early 20s. I think the one advice I'll give is there's no time better than now mm. 
to start up in the indian ecosystem so stay hungry and stay foolish right right so uh, now we are going to start our rapid fire round sure so we just started three episodes back so what is that one personal habit that helped you in your professional life and one professional habit that helped you in your personal life a personal habit that uh, helped me in my professional life was uh, working hard it's something that i always had like even from school right i i didn't get anything easy so i had to work hard for everything and that helped me a lot in 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 my professional life i think from my professional life or uh, what has helped me in my personal life um it's not taking failure too hard right because prior to this i didn't have as many failures as i had in the last four and a half years as an entrepreneur you face more failures than anybody can ever face right and and so i think not taking failure too hard that that's what i got from my professional life right one entrepreneur you admire the most and why uh i think uh, there are many but um, bill gates um i've i've had sort of time um watching bill gates documentary inside bill's brain mm. and uh, never seen someone as smart as him with as much clarity of thought as him so bill gates yeah okay one indian startup that amazed you the most byju's okay uh, it's amazing right look at the story it's a it's a teacher who's built india's most valuable startup uh, it, it shows that uh, your background has nothing to do with the ability to create success and if you really build something of value whichever industry it, is, it will scale also sanjeev goenka tweeted this 3 days ago i think that now indian ecosystem is changing a uh, boy from you know middle class Uh, Uttar Pradesh family, and his father is a teacher, and he didn't know English very well. Launching the biggest IPO in India, he was talking about Vijay Shankar Sharma, yeah. Paytm. Uh, one app that is very helpful for you. WhatsApp. No, no social media apps. No social media apps. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Google Maps. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember life before Google Maps, and it was impossible. Okay, fine. What is the best thing that you bought for yourself under one thousand? AirPods under one thousand rupees. Wow. Best thing I bought for myself under one thousand rupees. That's a tough one. Um. Ah. Uh, the 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 phone cover, which uh, allows you to have a stand and like watch YouTube videos on your on your phone. I think that was really helpful. Okay. uh your favorite book and why uh purple cow by seth godin it's a marketing book um i i'm a brand guy um mm. so it taught me a lot about brand building and brand creation okay favorite quote that you live by nice guys don't finish last uh, i consider myself a nice guy and people used to say nice guys don't finish last and uh i, I don't believe it at all okay one personality change after becoming an entrepreneur personally change after becoming an entrepreneur uh <laughs> never judge a book by its cover uh you just never know the potential or power or ability to achieve or has achieved by just meeting someone and speaking to them for 5 minutes so never judge a book by its cover right and the last question of the podcast uh, what is that one advice you want to give to a budding entrepreneur because our audience is uh fully from 
people who want to start their business people who are running a small business so what is it yeah i think the advice i would give is like a lot of people coming to me and asking me questions about like what do you think of this market size what do you think of this mvp i'm going to launch this i'm going to do this whatever i think don't overthink and just start in whatever way shape or form you can start because until you start you don't know what the customer say hmm, right and what is the one advice they should ignore 99% of startups fail so don't do it ignore it okay <laughs> if you take those odds you'll never do it right so like uh, arjun as i mailed you also i was very excited before coming to this podcast because i i was researching about you i was watching your videos and i got just very excited and i mailed you also that that line uh, that you can't be a slightly pregnant with your startup i just paused that video i said that for 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> i just think about okay what i'm it's my dad's to. line by the way not about entrepreneurship he said about something else but theek hai ha so like thank you so much for thank you this opportunity to me no thank you thank you for for having me and thank you right. to all of you who watched and I, it and i really hope that you guys uh, learn something from this podcast learn something about how to build a business in your first year i think you should get uh, you know proper proper insights from this podcast thank you so much for watching this bye thank you